On November 21st, 2023, day seven of season 99 of Learned League, we learned that horsepower, as a term used to measure the power of engines, was coined by an 18th century Scottish inventor. I'm Ben Rothenberg, and I later learned that even though James Watt became the namesake of a much more commonly used metric for powerful machines and engines, horses still have the power in certain parts of modern industry. I want to start this story at the beginning, but the beginning is debated when it comes to the domestication of horses, which was a huge breakthrough for humanity sometime thousands of years ago. Horses were hunted for their meat, like other wild animals, back as early as 32,000 years ago, since they appear on cave paintings showing hunts around 30,000 BC, but it was a long time before horses became partners rather than prey. The best guesses geneticists make now is that horse domestication first happened around 4,000 years ago in a steppe region near what's now the western part of the Russia-Kazakhstan border. Second episode in a row of that border gets mentioned on the show. What a moment for them. Lots of different types of horses were bred for various different specific purposes over the next millennia, but this episode is going to focus on the workhorses, also known as draft horses, who are the ones who inspired the term horsepower. These are tall, brawny beasts with big old heads and relatively short backs. Imagine that racehorses are lithe like swimmers, and workhorses are thick and strong like wrestlers or weightlifters. Though they are associated more with agricultural settings like farms, workhorses played a huge role in the Industrial Revolution early on, pulling both freight cargo and passengers. Horses were often used to haul materials for the construction of railroads in the late 1800s, and they were often used for military cargo through World War I, since automotive transport wasn't yet a reliably ready resource. Once internal combustion engines gained popularity and prominence, the need for workhorses waned. Horses were considerably more expensive to maintain and support and feed. A one-ton horse eats a lot of food, and soon nearly all engines could do exponentially more than a single horse, as measured in watts horsepower and various cars, trucks, tractors, and other sorts of specialty crafts were designed to replicate and improve on everything horses could do. The first mass-produced car to exceed a horsepower was the 1895 Benz Velo, which could do 1.5 horsepower. But those numbers were quickly exceeded, with Benz cracking 200 horsepower by 1912, just 17 years later. Just this year, the British manufacturer Lotus made a limited-production 2023 electric sports car, the Evija, which is reported to do more than 2,000 horsepower. As these cars zoomed past, breeding of the workhorses declined, and they were often seen as quaint relics of the past, used mostly for nostalgia promotions like the Budweiser Clydesdales, who reliably show up in Super Bowl commercials. They still have show competitions where draft horses pull weighted sleds and such. Think World's Strongest Man, but, you know, for horses. But generally, they're seen as a thing of the past. That said, strong horses aren't entirely just for show anymore. Several communities and industries still find use for them. Most obviously, many Mennonite and Amish communities eschew modern technology like combustion engines and still rely on draft horses for their largely rural tasks. Other communities, like Mackinac Island in Michigan, have anti-car ordinances, so draft horses are still used there because that's the best legal option for hauling stuff. And then there are some jobs that horses can still do better than machines humans have learned over time. One of these industries is certain kinds of logging. Horse logging has been resurgent in Britain this century, Horses can nimbly walk through a dense forest and pull specific logs without the need for the wide berth deforestation that the machines require to maneuver inside forests. In 2009, The Guardian reported that there were 15 full-time horse loggers working in the UK and up to 1,000 people working part-time. King Charles III has even used horse logging on his old estate in Cornwall. Horse logging helps preserve nature. Horses don't pollute beyond, you know, their poop. They're also used in areas around archaeological sites where machines could possibly destroy historic remains. 
Horse logging has a real future, horse handler Doug Joyner, the chairman of the British Horse Loggers, told The Guardian in 2009. It's definitely something that's coming back. A 2015 article by Horse Canada interviewed Jason Rutledge, who runs the nonprofit Healing Harvest Foundation in Virginia. For his uses of horses and logging, in 1987, Rutledge was called an anachronism by a USDA expert quoted in a cover story in Mother Earth News. At the time, I wasn't exactly sure what that meant, so I looked it up, Rutledge told Horse Canada of being called an anachronism. And it meant that someone was out of time in the past. And I brooded on that for many years. And at some point, I had an epiphany where I was sitting and resting my horses in the forest, and it came to me. I'm an anachronism because I'm in the future. And they don't see it yet. Thank you for listening to I Later Learn for these first seven days. If you've enjoyed the show, please tell your friends and stay up to date with our output by subscribing. We're already on all the big podcast distribution apps like Apple and Spotify. And you can leave reviews also on there. Those help a bunch. You can email the show at ilaterlearned at gmail.com. Until after the Thanksgiving break, here's to learning. <laughs>